episode two of the Spirited Nerds podcast. Today we are discussing episodes five and six of Peacemaker on HBO Max. So buckle up while the nerds discuss episode five, Monkey Dory, and episode six, Mern After Reading. Well, I'd first like to say I watched the intro all the way through. Oh, okay. In both episodes. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Now that now that you've seen Locke have a bigger part of the show, did you notice him more in the intro? I didn't notice him until episode six's intro. Yeah. Was he in episode five? Yeah, he was in all of them. Oh. But I, but he was I, in all the intros? Yeah, but I didn't notice him until last week's. I noticed him in episode six. Okay. Yeah, my episode five uh, reaction, uh, I think the first thing I noticed was that Leota and her mom, either their their relationship is pretty fuzzy as like I think it is, but having a text thread with your mother and you have no previous texts, um, I cannot imagine Amanda Waller being a person that puts things into writing a lot. So I don't imagine that she's texting anything super secret or super sensitive. Yeah. So not having any previous historical texts just lets me know either they don't text a lot or yeah. they're being erased, which I can't imagine she would keep erasing her. I mean, she might be, I don't know, erasing her mom's thread history to where every time she texts her, it's the very first text every time. I think if you if your relationship with your mother is basically such that nobody knows she's your mom, I don't think you keep those texts. And I think mm-hmm. that. Waller, who is so thorough that she'd murder a room of federal agents because they saw her in trouble, would probably not let you keep those texts. But to me, I'm like, she's not, I wouldn't imagine she's saying anything super top secret. I would hope it's just basic mother-daughter stuff, but I guess she's not a basic mom, so. Yeah. But didn't she text her about the, the diary? She like, did. Didn't she placed the diary? So, I mean, so she is yeah, weird enough to text secrets. Yeah. Okay, well, you know. Is this her primary phone or like her not burner phone, but her secured line. Cause and in episode six, I think it is where, you know, Peacemaker has an iPhone, but it's secured. And therefore I would assume that it's assigned. So is this like an assigned, like Peacemaker squad phone? I don't know because the phone that Peacemaker had was the one he had before he went to jail. So he came back to his apartment or he came back to his trailer and picked his phone up and just, that's the same one he's been using this whole time. Which was on I for thought, like four years with no one making payments. I was like, yeah, how? Just sitting there charging for four years. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. We don't. <laughs> I will just add, the, one of the last things I wrote was, I actually do think Autobio is good, which is kind of what I thought, but then I know we had some comments about some of the things that she did, but I at the end of that episode, I, I, I do still think that she... I don't know if the words betray her mom, but I think that she is not going to maybe fulfill Amanda Waller's master plan, whatever that may be. See, I think she did. So it's kind of good. Like, I don't think she's completely, like, evil and, like, on her mom's side 100%. No, I, I totally came away from that episode thinking the exact opposite. Yeah. When they were on the couch and he was making her that drink and they were just, you know, just you know, having friendly chats and she gave him advice. I mean, sound advice as a friend. I was kind of like, oh. And then when he got up and went to the bathroom, as soon as the door shut, she turned it off and you could see it. And she immediately started looking for a place to hide that diary. She didn't She didn't think twice about it. I feel so, like she just kind of followed the instructions of her mom, though. I, I just don't think she... 
She didn't seem conflicted at all about no, it. Though. I, that was my yeah. Thing. No, I think she placed her relationship with her mother over her relationship with Peacemaker to the point where I don't think she read that diary before she placed it. Because her mom told her to do something and she did it. Yeah, I think she's on her way to becoming. I mean, it, it, and I'm sure it's going to go one way or the other. I don't think there's going to be a, a gray area there. She's either going to become a Waller yes. type figure or she's not. Or not. Yeah. Either for Peacemaker or against her mom. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm kind of viewing her parallel relation, or I feel like I'm viewing her relationship with her mom and like Peacemaker's relationship with her dad, with his dad, as like a parallel. Like, is she gonna go Waller and he's gonna break away, or is she gonna see him break away and think I can do that too? So like for me, those those relationships are in tandem. So I'm kind of, yeah, I feel like they're both kind of testing and seeing and what sticks and what doesn't, and like yeah. how how independent are they from their parents and the the weight of their parents' legacies. Um, I really like seeing it play out, though. I got to be honest. I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. See, um, I'm going to say I'm, I'm on that. but I And I know I guess it's something we get into when we get to episode six. I don't want to jump ahead. But knowing, knowing what I know now about Peacemaker's relationship with his father and what happened with his brother. I mean, he, yes, his dad's... A, a racist and unconscionably horrible and all that other stuff but at that point I think I could see where Peacemaker's need for his father's approval I see where that comes from now and I think that um, because of that that like that's why he's so mad at Economos in episode we sit there rattling off all the names of the people that he could have put in instead of him and basically it just boils down to Economos realizing what's happening and he goes he apologizes like hey man look I know, you know, you're upset at me about basically framing your dad and Peacemaker's just a conversation. Basically, like, yeah, I am. You know, fuck you. And where I think a reasonable person would look at it and say, well, why why are you upset about that? I think once you get into episode six and you see everything that played out with his brother, you can see why he still wants his father's approval so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because up until then, you are kind of figured, trying to figure out why do you care about what your dad thinks about you? Yeah. Knowing who your dad is, and what he says and how other people view him. Why do you want his approval right. and his love oh, so shit. much? Oh, shit. Hey, everybody. Spoilers ahead. Because uh, he killed his fucking brother. We didn't say that at the beginning. So I just want to get it out now. Um. <laughs> I I got to be honest. I don't know if that's necessarily true yet. Like, did we didn't see what happened. We saw the aftermath and we saw his dad say you killed your brother. But his dad is not... A reliable narrator he is somebody who manipulates and has his own his his own reality okay. so I, I feel like yeah. it's very possible that there was just some very innocent child play happening his brother may and totally going on my own theories here his brother's epileptic maybe he like there's a mirror and he reflected the sun his brother has oh. a seizure i don't know like but i feel like something very innocent happened his dad put it on him as a way to cope, as a way to manipulate, as has yeah. some end game. But as an adult, that will be part of Peacemaker's like internal reckoning is that I was lied to. This fundamental thing that has shaped my character and my beliefs was put on me and was not real. Yeah, I think the only thing that makes sense, because yeah, he was like foaming at the mouth and if they were fighting, that's not a normal, I mean... That's not something that typically just happens if you knock someone out. So definitely so there was another element of 
some, you know, whatever, say, poison or something that happened right. between what we think was a fight and his dad telling him that you killed him. So you yeah. think that the dad essentially caused the brother to die and then blamed it on him? Yes. Or, okay. like, I, I can think, see, I, I can well, see because, that. Because, you know, his dad is like, well, I could go away for this, but you're a minor. We can cover this up. You know, like, he he's just in a he's in a position of power and we know that he we know that he abuses positions of power we know that he thrives on being a position of power he has a whole fucking cult in jail like he likes this uh, i can't even think about how to articulate it but he likes to be kind of like worshipped in that way so like how do you get people to worship you like you can't have faults like you can't cause the death of your child and still have this kind of like cult of personality around you um i i just I just think that this is not the actual story. And I think that it's been what's handed down to Peacemaker as a child. And he just believes it because he was a kid and that's his dad. And you believe what your dad tells you. Yeah. When you talk about like the, the approval, like if, if he thinks that his dad knows that he killed his brother and he's covering it up, it's like, that's kind of the storyline that I see. You know, I, I think of Succession where his dad covered up him killing a waiter in, in that show. It's like you you think that they have this thing hanging over you, so you don't want to break any any like trust or loyalty Allegiance. because they have dark secret about what he's done. And if he thinks that he's killed him, then he's maybe never going to completely cut off or cross his father okay the way i was looking at it was from the point of view of he and his like he and his brother got into the kind of fight that siblings get into he accidentally kills him um and then from then on his dad's kind of doing the whole dewey cox thing was like the wrong kid died and peacemaker in trying to live up to what i guess maybe what his father had planned for his brother kind of tried to step into that role so that's why he takes that abuse. Like, yeah, you know what? My dad hates me, but y'all don't understand why. He hates me because I killed my brother. So I understand the hate that is being put upon me. So that's how I took it. But I could also see where y'all are coming from where like maybe his dad used that to manipulate the situation and kind of create what he wanted in Peacemaker. Even, even if it was a failed project, you know, d- just the start of it. It's very possible, like, what David is saying. Like, it's very possible that it started out as his dad trying to create his, like, villain origin story. And then, like, Peacemaker just goes dark. And instead, it kicks off what we see, which is kind of more of a redemption arc. Like, he really he really wants to do good, but he's just not very good at it. You know? Like, he's just... It yeah. fumbles. He fumbles a lot. And so that's where the sense of shame and and, you know just distaste and disdain from his dad comes from like you were supposed to be a villain by now fucking like just go evil already i've been working on this for a while like you were my failed project you're my failed progeny yeah and you can see where he's cut he's kind of there just not all the way where he's like he he relies heavily on facebook he relies real heavily on google he doesn't really care too much about facts when they try to talk to him about you know not saying um oriental you know saying asian instead where he's like yeah you can't say it's bad but he doesn't really understand the why behind it so i think he's like maybe he didn't get all the way through the indoctrination that his father wanted him to get through and that that early stoppage kind of 
saved him from becoming like his like his father. Or maybe that's exactly what his father wanted, is somebody that doesn't question the sources. And so yeah, in that okay, in yeah. that sense, he is a success. Like he never really stops to think, like, well, I do need to know the why. He's like, no, no, someone told me. No matter who, someone told me. So in that sense, I think that he is a success. Um, but yeah, in the actual villainy department, questionable. Denise, you've been quiet. What do you think? No, I'm just just listen, to y'all. I mean, you're saying everything I was thinking, but. My initial take was it, like David said, was just an innocent brother-brother fight. Accident happened, and his brother's dead. So he is trying to fill that role and be that son that possibly his brother was that he needs to be now. Um, that was my big takeaway on it. But again, again, I'm not trying to read too much into certain things. So that has just been my thought this whole time until I see something that proves Yeah, I'll tell you what. We felt we we fell into that trap last episode because we were talking about uh, Gorilla Grodd and <laughs> what's his name, Mister Mind, and all this we other were, shit. We were all off the rails. We turns were like, Who out, <laughs> turns out, goddamn uh, James Guns just wanted to murder a gorilla. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, everybody. The spirit of nerds are split on the uh, brother backstory. Um, we'll see how this all pans out. But you know, I think. I think as a group, we're also very open-minded. So any of us could be wrong. All of us could be wrong. Who knows? It's yeah. James Cut. Yeah. It's it's a wild yeah, card. Yes. Um, I'll be so wrong. Let's move into them heading over to the Glen Tie. Well, before we do that, because I it just there's one thing that was actually funny to me while I was thinking about it, watching Economos' PowerPoint presentation and then them just going back and forth and just fighting with each other and just watching Mern. Yeah. Now knowing he's a butterfly, I'm like... I wonder what he thinks of the human race. He has to think we're idiots. We're fucking idiots. Are we worth saving? Because he was (laughs) extremely patient. He was just, you know, just sitting back and just watching. And I was like, I want to know what he's thinking right now. Like, what does he think about us? Because again, if he's doing this to save the human race, to me, I'm like, why? We're, again, humans, we're not worth saving. We're, what the fuck, right? And then that, just thinking back to Eternals where he takes them off and he's just like, I'm going to go back to your memories and we're going to see if the humans were worth it. I'm like, we weren't. So I just, <laughs> seeing this alien invasion come through, I'm just like. No. Just a comment. Maybe I totally missed this. So you just said that he was doing it to save the human race. I thought Mr. Mern said he was doing it for his own species, but maybe I missed, I misheard that. And you go back and rewatch it from season, I think at the beginning of season six, he was talking about like the butterflies and what they're doing. I, I, I didn't think it was for the human race. I thought it was Why for the at the end of the day, he's trying to stop like this whole alien invasion no, from he, coming in on Earth. So, yeah. Like they were good here and then they weren't happy Initially, with just being butterflies. Like they wanted to take yeah. over the planet. So that's when he got it. Initially for themselves, but then it kind of spiraled out of control okay and then also uh just uh, the quote from peacemaker what happened to the good old days where you could non-stop fuck with somebody without them claiming to be a victim and that kind of goes back to our first uh topic in the first half of the episode (laughs) you know with everything happening like what happened to the good old days where i could just do what i wanted say what i wanted and just move on with it and it just is what it is and nobody gets hurt and you know while all of a sudden we have victims come out from the things that i say and what I say, what I do actually has consequences and victims. Yeah. What? 
But, like, the context matters because it's coming from a straight, cis, hetero, white man, right? Like, it, you know, it's it's coming from Peacemaker yeah. and in, in all of the John Cena glory of Peacemaker. <laughs> you know, context matters. Um, the people who have historically been able to just say whatever the fuck they want and get away with it without any consequences yeah. or victims have been yeah. straight white men, just like Peacemaker. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it, not lost, I think, and hope on the audience, like the context of a of a comment like that. So, um, so any other like super memorable highlights from episode five? Can I just go on record and say that was probably one of the best powerpoints I've ever seen? Like, I don't understand. I understand Peacemaker was upset about his father being <laughs> thrown in jail, but he did not have to come for that powerpoint as hard as he did. Because I thought Economos did an amazing job using using visualization to get the word the message across. Just had to go on record and say that real quick. Also, go on record and say that Denise is a Virgo. That's why she enjoyed the PowerPoint. Are Virgos easily impressed? Excuse that- me. We love Excel. Oh, because okay. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> Denise and I might do a lot in PowerPoint and sometimes an explosion is really what we want to put in there, but in a professional context, it's not called for. In it this context, in a professional way. I can go for it, Economos. Okay. Denise just, just you accepted that challenge, everybody. Professionally, I am now waiting for Denise's explosion in a PowerPoint. And right to Glenn's high now. Yep. About to get real. Oh boy. Really, my first note was, I love that Peacemaker just goes in and starts shooting. Like, there's no warning. He's like, well, they're butterflies. Like, fuck it. I I, I know these are not humans that I have any, like, emotions for, so I'm just going to fucking shoot them. Yeah, the whole x-ray helmet came in handy in that that moment. Yeah. I wrote down, I said, as soon as I saw that, I said, he's going to, like, put those on as a joke with the group and see Mern. Like, that's how I thought this was going to uncover. As soon as I, I saw him bring those down, I was like, he's going to be joking with everyone, put him on the seat, like, be perverted about it or something, and then look around the room and then see Mern. And, and that's what I had noted at that point. Um, no, when he, um, when after the explosion happened and he said deactivate x-ray vision, I literally was screaming at my television, keep it on! No! You need it! So... Yeah, it would have been too easy if he had just had the x-ray vision on throughout the episode or throughout, you know, his time with the group, so. I just loved it, like, you're going to be cool, right? Like, I'm totally going to be cool. Like, you're going to be cool, right? Like, yes, I'm going to be cool. And then, blam, 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 and, like, heads exploding. Yeah. Like, that's such, <laughs> it's, it's just such a great action moment. Um, <laughs> Danielle Brooks, again, just. It was fucking funny. She was like, I thought you were going to be cool. Oh, he was like, I was chill as fuck this whole time. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he said, don't I seem yeah. calm? Like, I seem chill, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, shout out of the episode goes to Charlie. Who wants Who wants to talk about Charlie? As that is our feature drink. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys all, all caught this, but I think off podcast, Shauna had, I think you might have commented about a theory of who you thought Charlie was. And, yeah. Um... So maybe you saw this. So if you go back to episode four, when he's in the house with Vigilante on the news, they say a gorilla was stolen or whatever from the zoo. Yeah. And obviously, we know that gorilla that was stolen is the gorilla that is Charlie. 
Yeah, so what I was referencing, I was wrong. Like, <laughs> let's start with this. I was wrong in my theory. I was doing the deep dive. Look, guys, I love conspiracy theories in fandom. Real world conspiracy theories, not so much. But in fandom, I love a good conspiracy. So at first when they were just like, oh, Charlie protects us, I was like, interesting. And then the next time I watched the opening sequence, Harcourt comes out with Myrne, and I was like, oh my god, she's a butterfly too, she's Charlie. I really thought Harcourt was going to be Charlie, and they had some butterfly name for her that, like, you know, was weirdly translated. I was 100% wrong. Until I saw episode six, when Harcourt's like, yeah, of course he's a butterfly. Fucking everybody knows that. God damn it. Catch up already, out of bio. And and then I was like, oh, okay, so what I... I misread it, but I wasn't that far off. Charlie is, in fact, the gorilla uh, who meets a very interesting end. <laughs> I, as an animal lover... You do not like any violence against animals, so... Because I watch it with the subtitles on. So when he was getting cut up by the chainsaw, roars in pain came up on the screen. What? I just yelled, Jesus Christ. I even wrote it down in my notebook. What? When I saw roars in pain, I I almost lost it. I had to pause it for a second, compose myself. I'm going to cry. And then hit play and keep going. But I I was kind of, I mean, again, it was like you said, we we try to come up with these theories of what's it going to be? Is this Gorilla Grodd? Who is this? And then like David said, it's just James Gunn wanted to kill a gorilla with a fucking chainsaw and he did it. And end of the day that's what it was yeah. we found out that butterflies can infiltrate anything not just humans animals any living thing it wants to and that's what it did it went after a gorilla it was interesting that the one of the butterflies uh referred to charlie as their guardian angel um so yeah. i don't really know what that meant but um that's why i was like charlie's got to be more than just the muscle yeah. right well, I thought they said that Charlie was in was like it like in the room with the guardian angel, like that computer system. I thought they were talking he was like referencing this like that system that he was in the room with. And I didn't know if that was gonna come back as something more more serious cause, but I, I honestly will probably go back and rewatch to listen to the wording, but I, I was thinking that he was saying Charlie is with the Guardian Angel or something like that and they were talking about that computer system, but See, I thought I thought they were talking about Charlie himself, but then yeah. after my I don't even know how many times I've seen this episode now, but after watching it so many times, my first takeaway was, oh shit, James Gunn just wanted to murder a gorilla. It was fucking amazing. He did that little front flip back kick thing. But it wasn't about that to me. It was about Economos. For me, like I said, after watching it so many times, Economos has been this character for the last couple episodes has been really put down upon. And it started in the it started in the truck when they were talking about Eleventh Street Kids and um, Hanoi Rocks and everything, and that kind of respect based on music from Peacemaker to Economos happened, and then Economos is in the van watching everything. He's like, "Holy fuck! All right, I gotta make a choice. I gotta get out and do something." And he made the most badass choice in the history of mankind and said, "I'm gonna take this chainsaw and I'm gonna run it through this fucking gorilla." Uh. Denise, I know you're disgusted. That was the coolest shit on earth. No, it wasn't. His face is all fucking red. Peacemaker's no. all red. They're high fiving and shit. Like, you just fucking murdered a fucking gorilla. Did you, did you hear what you're saying? Gorilla. You just murdered a Denise gorilla. Denise having flashbacks to Rory's pain. Like, 
Like, yes, I'm I'm super I'm super sad that a gorilla got murdered. A lot of people have been murdered on this show. Nobody seemed to care when Amy got liquefied. They picked up her cool. face and she thought it was pizza. Right. No, we didn't say shit about that. The gorilla got ran through. And I feel like the only reason it had to happen was because Peacemaker really needed to connect with Economos. And I feel like that was just the vehicle that drove it. Yeah, because they were coming in, shooting people left and right, taking people out. No one could kill that gorilla. And it, it, at the end of the day, it's like, it was tossing them all around the room like it was they were ragdolls. So for him to come in with that chainsaw and then slice it in half, you know, whatever. That did earn the respect from the team. Uh, I guess this is a good segue to go on to episode six, unless anybody has any lingering thoughts about episode five. Yes, uh, yeah, Shauna, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you? <laughs> I was, I was good too, Shauna. I was no. good. I was like, yeah, no, because because everybody, like, everybody saw the whole X-ray vision shit happening. Not, not that wasn't X-ray a vision. First of all, just the fact that that the whole 11th Street kid thing happened in in episode five. So them coming together as a team. But like I said. In these types of shows, when you ever you get that good-hearted, oh, everything's coming together feeling, yeah. you know shit's about yeah. to hit the fan, and you kind of have to temper your expectations and bring it back down. It actually, when I saw them happy, I said to myself, Mm-mm, "It's this isn't going to go well. On that ride back, when they were just all happy, jovial, everybody's got the same, you'd sing yeah. the same song together. I was like, ah, fuck, this is not going to end well. And then... When you get back into his uh, trailer and you see the whole kite man apprehended newspaper article, again news to me because I don't I didn't follow kite man previous to the DC animated Harley Quinn series, but he was just the cutest thing. I know he was trying to join the Legion of Doom, I get it, but he was just so bad at being bad. So to go on and see he's yeah. a supervillain that needs to be apprehended by Peacemaker, that was a shock to me. I am 100% with you. As soon as there was a Kite Man shout out, I was like, Kite Man! <laughs> oh, and I got the woman fuzzies. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like Whoa, hold on. What is going on here? He just wants to be loved. Yeah. Like, but again, coming from the Harley Quinn like animated series, which is phenomenal. Everybody should watch it. Yes. But I was just like, Kite Man? Yeah. Come on, my friend. Well, I'll say, I, I did my best to read the newspaper clipping on the wall. And this is one of the few times where the newspaper clipping is actually relevant to the story. Um, it, it basically breaks down what happened in the fight. We don't have to get too much into the weeds on it, but basically it was Peacemaker's first fight with what they call a supervillain. Um, and he and he won. And then he recaps it at the beginning of episode six. So it's it's pretty, it's pretty forward as far as what the story in that newspaper is and what he's talking to the kids about. So you you didn't really need to read it, but fear of missing out, I thought I was going to miss something if I didn't. But turns out, nope, just wasted a lot of time pausing. <laughs> <laughs> so she plants the diary. Yep. So and, and we and we talked about that earlier. She plants the diary when he goes to the bathroom. Um, and that and that basically like that whole thing in the in the truck that that arose that whole feeling of camaraderie and then being a team because she still has her own black ops job she's doing exactly yeah yep and i guess fast forward to the end where you know um she finds out that Mern is a butterfly and then she finds like everybody else knew again that's that's the same part of that black ops thing you're not really a team 
because everybody yeah. else knew. Nobody bothered to tell her. So I, I think as much as much time as they spent building that team together, they also spent that same time to basically show you that it wasn't real. Everybody knew, even Economos. Like it wasn't just like Hardcard found out. Like no, right. everyone knew, but her and Peacemaker. But then, and then when it came time to tell Peacemaker, everybody was just like, "Nope, we're not. Don't even worry about this. Yeah. Shut up." Yeah. Well, I, I feel like if you told him, a he would have left the mission probably, or tried to kill Mern. So telling him wouldn't have been what that mission needed at that time. So. I also think that they know that Vigilante is such a wild card and unpredictable yeah. that anything... They're like a couple. Like, you tell one, you tell the yeah. other. So, like, you... you yeah, See, I don't you, think so. And, and, and the only reason I don't think so is because he captured a butterfly. He, I mean, Goff tried... Like I said, Goff tried to kill Vigilante, torture Vigilante, cut his toe halfway off. Um... Get, uh, beat up and, and tied up Peacemaker and he still like he just wanted to know what was going on to the point where he kept Golf's butterfly alive and took care of it and wasn't cruel to it at all fucking smoked him out fed him talked to him well, so I think her. at that point oh sorry yes her I think at that point it wasn't him overreacting or just trying to murder anything he just wants to know what's going on so if you tell him hey look Mern's a butterfly. I don't think he was going to kill Mern because he didn't kill Golf. Well, I guess now we're in episode six. We can, I, can I say that without? Oh, my bad. Yeah, we had episode six. <laughs> okay. Last time I said it, it was a big deal. So, anyways. My first thought as soon as we saw Hardcourt walk up and, like, okay, so clearly she knows. It's like now. What is so this diary and like what does Amanda Waller know? Like does she, does she know that you know uh, Mern is a butterfly? Like, like you know how much information does she does she have? Because obviously she she's obviously not going to share everything with Autobio, which you know of, of what this master plan is. But it's like I, I'm just curious as to how much Amanda Waller really knows about this whole maybe now civil war thing that's going on between the butterflies and, and them being on on earth and whose side of that she's on so getting and we can go back but getting to about midway through the episode when the cops find his diary um if you pause it when the cop starts looking through it you can see the stuff in it waller knows about the butterflies and it feels like her intention is to basically make Peacemaker the fall guy. Because in the diary, it's talking about how a lot of politicians and Hollywood elite and everybody have been taken over by demons. And it even says at one point that they <laughs> that the demons go in through their butts. Um, Are we take, in lizard people territory? Is that where we're... Well, yeah, like, so, like, in the, like, and I oh feel boy. like that she basically did it just so that after everything was over, win or lose, they could just pin everything on Peacemaker as a, you know, as a crazy person. Yeah. Because, like, it's not butterflies. He says it like, um, Democrats or Democrats or something like that. You know what's funny? I heard that it's de- Democrats. Is that what that said? It, well, it's, it's, it reads like Democrats was like demon crap. Yeah, it was, all, like it was on the top page in red. I've literally, I, 
this yeah. one that said Democrats take over. I was like, what? No, de- demon. So it was demon something. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. If you haven't heard, all of Hollywood and all of the top Democrats are part of a um, deep state pedophile ring that, and they're all lizard yeah. people wearing their famous faces. Just, yeah. just And that's basically what the diary was. Interesting. I, okay. I, I, so I was thinking that maybe it was something else in there because, you know, jumping all the way till the end, you know, when the chief is now a, a butterfly and on stage and they're, you're saying, you know, they're, they're going over what was found in the diary. I thought that they were like making something up about Peacemaker knowing about the butterflies based on the diary. So, pe- you know, cause he's a, a warrant. Cause I, I wasn't thinking that, that that's what it said in the, the, the diary, but maybe they were telling, I thought they were lying basically, but maybe they were then telling the truth. Well, I, th- I think they were. I think they were lying about the specifics, but yeah, the the Ford's diary was basically to make him seem like a deep state and like crazy person, pretty much. One of my favorite parts of the episode, um, that monologue by Mern when he was talking about what the takeover of Mern's body was like, just how they thought that he was a person who deserved to die because of what they were, and how they felt like they robbed him of that chance to change. Um, that actually, that was. Just hearing that was just, it was, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just so powerful, I think, I guess is one of the words that I could use for it. And then just, I hate waking up to his memories every day, man, that just tore me apart hearing that. And then just reading, just James Gunn saying that that monologue is what got, that was what he auditioned with and how he got the role with that monologue. It was such a great I'm getting goosebumps right now just yeah. thinking about it. That monologue itself was just probably one of the highlights of that episode for me. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it actually ties exactly with what I was going to say is the performance of um, the actor who plays Detective Song, her performance going from pre-Butterfly to post-Butterfly, that monologue was all I could think of because then I was just like, we lost her. She's gone now. And it was... It, it made the loss so real and it really informed how I felt about that transformation. And the transformation was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she played it, the way she acted it, it was just, it was so good. But I think that they, they needed that moment, that monologue to really set up what happened to her so that you really felt the loss absolutely of that character because she was she had such great integrity she was doing the right thing and then she's gone she's gone now it's it's like when you learn that Groot isn't our Groot anymore and you're like wait what the fuck James Gunn you took Groot I thought we I thought he was what no it's a totally different Groot and um you just gotta live with that and that's that's really heavy yeah. Sorry to bring up Groot. I know that's a lot. You hear quiet we all got. <laughs> I know. Moment of silence. Um. So, so kind of so that those little scenes happen, and then Harcourt talks about like, oh, you haven't told her about the cow, and then it goes into the intro, and I know I mentioned this early on, like the intro, it it, it does kind of change the way that you view it. It, it was like she said it, and then it was like, okay. It, silly to me this time around watching the intro after everything that's happened and she's like you haven't told her about the cow and then just like goes right into it and I don't know if if that's like 
I don't know, I kind of have mixed feelings, like, about the silliness now, and then, like, where the show is going. It obviously ties in, like, with the not-seriousness, I guess, of, of Peacemaker and kind of who he is, but we are getting into a, a lot more, you know, depth and seriousness yeah. of the story, and then it's just, like, you know, like, they're just, you know, this intro of them just kind of being silly is happening, so... I kind of mixed feelings now um, watching that and kind of where the the, sh- the show is headed. It seems less fun. Like watching the intro at first, everything seemed real fun. Bright, songs, fun. Everybody's dancing. Every episode you go into this hole, that intro gets less fun and more... Like nonsense. You start looking at little things. Like you start you like you look at Detective Song's eyes when she comes like when she first comes into this dance and she looks up and, and it's like, okay, well now she's just part of it. And you realize that at that point, between her, her partner, Locke, and Mern, a lot of the people you're watching dance are butterflies at that point. And it's like, okay, well, shit, now what's, you know, what's coming next? Yeah, I think but, you said it last episode. You were like, I know these arrows aren't here for a reason. I know they're they're not grouped in the way their intros in a reason. This dance yeah. sequence means something. So, yeah, you do kind of spend the dance sequence trying to figure out, okay, what order are they coming in? What direction are they looking? What's happening now? So Speaking of which, I'll tell you what. Eagly's little thing at the end, his, his flourish at the end of the dance... Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to play more into the show, especially after that shit he pulled in the woods. Look, that was the, my that man, was like the first time he like, he's fucking badass. Like, my man's a fucking sniper. <laughs> this is why he's Peacemaker's pet. Like, he's not, he's finally showing his, his true colors. I will tell you what, I was immediately cool. was like, protect Eagly, because I have, like, I just immediately had flashbacks of Hedwig and Harry Potter, and I was like, you protect that eagle, Peacemaker. I cannot take another loss on these precious, precious birds of prey who protect you. Oh, my God. My Game of Thrones dragons, too. It's like, you cannot let your sidekicks oh go. God. Don't, yeah. don't do this. Yeah. No. Protect oh. your animal. Yes. Oh. Also the Witcher. Nah, Eagly said it's not a problem. He said, call the ambulance. He said, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Like, yeah, just watching. And I mean, just the way he just shot down, landed oh on homeboy's chest, Amazing. took his eyeballs out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It flew off. And then I was watching it with my daughter. And it was funny because she said, and you know what? They can't even kill him. And I said, wait, that's right. He's a protected animal. Yes, He's legally, a species, yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> legally, you cannot, even though it's it's illegal to also possess them, but legally, yeah, you cannot kill a bald eagle. So, yeah, they cannot. But in that sense, Peacemaker says he doesn't possess him. He's like, yo, you can't tame him because once you tame him, you chop his balls off. So, so you're right. Excuse me. I, I, am, I stand corrected. Eagly is there because he wants to be. Under his own free will? Under his but, own free will. Eagly yeah. is exactly like a cat. You cohabitate. You coexist, you live your lives in parallel together, but you don't really own them. They yeah. tolerate you, and they get what they need from you. Well, he is smart to kind of maybe not really possess also, a bald eagle. tiny murderers. Tiny murderers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he did what he I had mean, to do in those woods, and I... Uh, yeah. 
Yes, that was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of Woods, Detective Song decides she's going to be a hero, and that does not work out for her. No. Um. Anybody have any thoughts on that? I want to go back a little bit to the whole classroom show and tell. You went back to the very beginning. That would be a little bit. Okay. I know. No, let's talk I about it. I, I saw. I just was. My only, my only. I know. Just back a little bit. Let's talk about um, it. Did anyone notice that the word of the day was moistly? Yes. <laughs> and that was the, the wordly word recently was moist. It was moist, yeah, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, there's no fucking way it's this. And I typed it in, and everything came up green, and I was like, oh, all right, well. Yes. Fun fact, again, Joss Whedon callback, but um, in Dr. Horrible, sing-along blog, one of the, like, henchmen, his name is moist. His whole superpower is that he is moist. So that's what I always think of. And then w- w- one other thing towards the beginning before we move on. So one thing that I think is really cool um, is how they represent the neo-Nazis just like throughout this. They, I, I love that um, James is obviously we're portraying all these, these neo-Nazis, but we're it's not like these literal our our world our timeline like neo-nazis like if you notice they 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 salute with the right hands they salute with the opposite hand oh um the confederate flag is all in silver great on on the jacket and then obviously the the kkk hoods are in the shape of devil now see i thought when they saluted they did it with both hands I, i i thought some people did it with the right hand some people did it with the left Maybe I'm only aware that German. I mean, it's it's all left hand and German Nazi. You know, that's not gonna do it. The way that the Hitler and and Shauna, what Shauna say? Shauna said, "I'm not gonna do it." Because Mariah was trying to figure it out, and Shauna was like, "Nope, y'all ain't doing that but shit it, to it's me." Left. Like I think that is that is just what what it typically is. Just on uh, YouTube doing the how Hitler salute. We're not gonna nope. get that. Nope. You're from Canada. I didn't know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. Look, it's funny. I watched Pam and Tommy last night, and first episode, Pam's like, I'm just a girl from small town Canada. Not doing it. Not falling for that shit. <laughs> but, but basically, I like that he's not just doing it straight out. Like, he's just changed everything up a little bit. Yeah. But it's still, we obviously know it's, he's... Nazi or white supremacist, but they just change the way that they salute, the way that the flags look, the way that the hoods look. It's I just like the different representation that he's used. James is used. I ain't think anybody can make those hoods look dumb as shit, like more than they already were. But when I saw <laughs> what those hoods look like, I said these dumbass idiots look even worse. Like stupid cats. They look like, <laughs> like, like dragons at all, or whatever the fuck they're trying to be. I'm like, you don't look like whatever it is you're trying to be. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it right now while we're talking. But there's a character on SpongeBob as a supervillain, and that is exactly what his hood looks like. So I'm gonna search for it really quick. That's while we're talking because I, I think the Stink Man or something, but that is exactly the shape of like it's this white, like, white dragon shape. <laughs> but now I'm like, are they also an allegory for the pussy hats? No, right. No, no. No. White dragons. Okay. okay. Just checking. Cats and dragons are, you know, very similar in terms of personality. Yeah, Man Ray. Man, Man Ray. Ray. 
That's exactly what I was thinking when I saw well, that. Because a, a manta ray does kind of have like the little antlers or whatever. The, okay. Yeah, the two little, yeah, you know, little yeah. guys. Yeah. So we can move on. Oh boy. No. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what the cap, the new captain's name is. Is it Captain Locke? Locke. Man. Yeah, my man. Yeah. The way my he man. looked them in the face. No, no, don't kill me. Psh, 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 and oh, man. executed them. The end credits. Did you see the end credit scene? I saw the end credit scene. Yes, that was my that shit. Was so good. Yes, yes. I was. Just, I just loved it. Where like, yeah, like Sophie is like, well, don't people don't think about how smiling on every face is different? And then she gives that weird smile, and then the end credits totally tie it back, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is so weird and creepy. Kudos to that actor. Yeah, yeah, where the. It's where great. she is an alien that's trying to figure out how to portray happiness, yes. but but then at the same time in the end credit scene, him as a human being is trying to figure out how to be sad. Oh man! Yeah, he did. He he did such an amazing job with that. I actually wondered if he was a butterfly taken over by a butterfly. That was my. I thought movement. he was a butterfly the whole time as well, like but on Merton's side. Yeah. See, I I didn't. And the reason I didn't was because back, what was it, episode four or five, when um, when Mern is first sitting in the room with him mm-hmm. and they're talking about the country they took over. Mm-hmm. And and Mern's saying, it's like, you killed a lot of people. And Locke is like, oh, you're going to, oh, now you're going to play fucking holy? Like, you didn't? Yeah. You know, like. You the old Mern. Yeah. yeah. Like, he knew the old Mern. And new Mern is like, yeah, you're a monster. He's like, yeah, motherfucker, so are you. So, so are what? you. Yeah. <laughs> but I've changed. I... I was actually envisioning like a little butterfly war and like civil war inside his brain trying to like take over. No. So nah, um, that, that was him. Yeah. That was just a, yep. a horrible man. A fucked up dude. Who put on a fucking show in those woods. Show. To the point where Peacemaker was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the end of it where he's just sitting there trying to figure out how to be sad and he can't so stop good. laughing. He's he's looking at the dead guy. He's like, look at you. And he fixes his tie for him. He's laughing the whole time. So good. Oh, yeah. One of the, it, the best performances in that episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sad he's yeah. gone. Because, I mean, whatever he is now, he's a butterfly. I, I want I want that psychopath back. But watching the butterfly burrow was, I couldn't, I, that was absolutely disgusting. It was a lot. Why do you yeah. think Goff took over Song when Peacemaker and Vigilante were both right there? Well, it wouldn't I, work. It wouldn't I work? Had a, adjacent question because like i feel like peacemaker and vigilante although kind of dummies we're not cruel to goff or the butterfly that is goff um and then she inhabits sophie and she's like go fucking get those guys like i hate them and i was like whoa that that feels like weren't you just trying to like tell them peace and stuff like what happened that i missed i feel like she was trying to accomplish a goal um, and no matter how she feels about Peacemaker, because I, I genuinely felt like she liked Peacemaker. And I feel like once she went through Song's memories about her partner, well, like when they were sitting in the, they were sitting in the, in the um, police station, she's like, you know what, just enjoy this. I, I want you to enjoy this because what's coming next is going to fucking suck for you. I feel like she, she, she's not evil. She just has a different point of view on how to fix the situation. Well, like Martin said, they don't so if, feel emotion, so there is no emotion right. to it. So liking him, not liking him doesn't help whatever plan she has. But I just, 
was wondering why not take over him if if he's the person standing in your way and your whole motive now is to go after him and find and find him at all costs he was right there why not take him over well i think i mean what do you do because if if you take over peacemaker or you take over vigilante where are you going to go at that point yeah but if you take over the detective yeah strategically yeah and that's what they target right they target people in positions that they can right network and do that but um it's interesting that you're talking about you know enjoy this moment because the, the way that i kind of interpreted it was she knows that a butterfly is going to come in and inhabit that person's brain and probably not have a lot of great memories to go through so like let's just create at least one memory that's nice for you to have to wake up and relive like you enjoy this person you enjoy our dynamic and that's just one more happy memory that my new comrade is gonna have when they wake up in the morning in your body okay see i took it as more of a hey you know what i've gone through detective songs memories and she likes you Mm -hmm. and because she likes you i i want to give you this last little bit of happiness before I effectively kill you. Man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. It was some DC shit. For sure. It's pretty awesome. The way he did it. It was good. Brutal. Well. Awesome. Are we Play at the f- end of Peacemaker episode 6? Well we find out that there is a cow. Apparently hidden underground. Making all of this embryotic. Not in beyond a few. Like, I don't know what would you call it. Like you said earlier, making a slurm. Right. I was like, if yeah. there is not at the end of this, if there is not an alien underground, like this huge alien, like in Futurama, just pumping out slurm. This was all for nothing. It's all for nothing. I just, I'm, I, it cannot, it cannot be an yeah. actual cow. I will. I can't. I feel like it's going to be gross. I feel like whatever it is is going to be fucking disgusting, and I feel like, um. No, but I, I feel like maybe one of them is going to make it out. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if nobody makes it out. Oh, I didn't even thought about that. That's where I'm at with the whole dance sequence and everything. I feel like, I, I feel like nobody is going to make it. That's some Suicide Squad vibes. Yeah. Aw. Damn, David. Denise can't handle My this. Bet. On a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, David. <laughs> We already killed a gorilla. I I can't I can't. <laughs> but no, it's true. Like I said, anytime you think when that whole happy team happened and the the selfies going off and everything, this is not going to end well. So I need to prep myself for it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And then just the the yeah. last thing that happened to me in this episode where I was like, what was when Leota's wife was like, let's leave this all behind. Let's go back to Gotham. I was like, oh, girl, for what? No. For why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Who still lives in Gotham? Go back to Gotham. Oh, someone smart stays in Gotham? Jesus. Shithole. Have we learned nothing? Obviously, they have not. So, I don't know. So, yeah. The, um, episode 7, apparently shit's about to hit the fan once again. We have two more episodes left. Damn. We have two more episodes, so... But there's already up. a season 2. So, do you think everything's going to wrap up with these two episodes? And No. Okay. So, you think it's going to carry over into season 2? 
Well, see, and I, I know there's going to be another Suicide Squad project that James Gunn is is bringing to HBO Max. Nathan so I'm hoping Fillion. they tie in. Nathan Fillion. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm hoping a detachable kid because he didn't die. He was still alive on the beach at the end, so. <laughs> I know. TD, TDK, bring him back. I want to see it. He, he would be, he is so perfect for this universe. I want to see it. Bring him back. I'd love to see Vigilante get his own his own thing. Yeah, he was pretty cool in this. He was he was more a little bit more No, he was good in this episode. You kind of mentioned him last time about being like Deadpool vibes. Like that's yeah. definitely like silliness this time around and just like uh, yeah, I would definitely watch something with with just him. The look of just general just oh man on his face when Peacemaker made him put the knife away. Telling him songs yeah. on the top. Oh yeah, when he couldn't kill her. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He's definitely the voice that was like, yeah. "You used to be cool, bro." Like that's what I get from Vigilante and Peacemaker's dynamic. And that that's something we didn't really get into, and I feel like they're going to explore it more in seven and eight, so we can get into it then. But Vigilante is starting to notice that Peacemaker doesn't want to kill people. Anymore. He said it in the episode. He was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like having morals?" Yeah, and, was say, and he's not okay with that. No. Mm-mm. Nope. And I know it's not. Maybe it's not a consequence, but like I said when we were talking earlier, John Cena playing that piano. It took me a second, and I had to go back, and I was on Twitter, and I saw that it was him, and I was like. Is that him? Because, like you said, like you said, they they kind of go away from his hands. So you can't yeah. really tell if he's playing or not. And then I looked it up on the playlist. I'm not gonna say where the playlist is at because. Well, no, it's true. Because like I I took piano lessons for like a hot minute as a kid. Does not mean I'm an expert by any stretch. But I was look, and I even said to my husband, I was like, he does not have piano hands. They're just like chubby, meaty, Little muscly hands. Fingers. Yeah, they're yeah. huge. And but so that's why I was like, this has to be a stunt double who. Or, or something, or nope. but even watching like the cutting of it, like they, they pan away from the hands pretty quickly. They never really linger on them as they do complicated things. Um, so it was it's it's nice to hear though. And I will take ownership of this. I underestimate former wrestlers as actors because I did it with The Rock and I do it all with John, with John Cena. I'm always like, can they do it? And then they really just come out with these great, amazing performances. Yeah, that's and all wrestling and, like, is. Wrestling is so I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to yeah. be that guy to say that The Rock is terrible. I don't like him in anything. He, he He's the same person in everything he does. He's the rock. Like, he's the rock in the jungle. He's the rock in Los Angeles. He's the rock somewhere else. John Cena, the emotional range he's had to show in this, between Suicide Squad and this, I think is harder than anything The Rock has had to do. And I'll tell you this, I'm sure when Black Adam comes out, it's just going to be oh, The Rock in ancient Egypt. It's good. He's going to do the, maybe they give him a, a catchphrase. Maybe he does the eyebrow thing. But I don't think he's going to encapsulate the spirit of Black Adam the way John Cena has taken the spirit of Peacemaker. And like I said, as an unknown, and just turned him into somebody that is... A real anti-hero. I, I think I, watching the, Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, I think... I, I see your point. I hear you. I think that has a lot to do with the branding 
of The Rock and Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson. He yeah. is a family man. He loves to be a family man. He's I think I think it comes down to which roles they're open to and which not. Not necessarily whether or not they have the range. I just feel like The Rock has. I feel like he's just very particular about his characters and how they're portrayed and what he's willing to do on screen. But John yeah, Cena I mean, is amazing I mean, in this. Yeah, I mean, someone who who loves The Rock, I mean, he, his characters definitely are, I mean, they, they are the same. Like, I remember before I even saw Jungle Cruise, I saw all these things that were Do you like, love The Rock or do you love Dwayne Johnson? I love them both. Same so, person. I mean, well, I mean... He doesn't know who he is anymore. It's all the same person. <laughs> like, people are saying, like, watching Jungle Cruise, like, Oh, I, I've seen this before because, yeah, he just did it in Jumanji. Like, it is yeah. the same. Like, <laughs> like, anyway, I, I've seen this movie already. Or we, yep. You know, it's the same. But, you know, he, he's, he's a rock. Well, you know, he, he, the way that he, I mean, I, I will just say this, this timer, because he just came out and said this thing about Joe Rogan. And then I was watching something else where he tried to, like, apologize and pretend that he didn't know about Joe uh, Rogan. So yeah. I, I feel like you're on the fence at this point with the rocks. But prior to that, um, you know, he's got tequila, he's got his energy drinks, he's got his clothing line. I like The Rock. He's a family man, he, you know. But now he's he's tried to defend Joe Rogan, so my, my feelings are... Well, as we said earlier, it all comes down to the director. And the director of Black Adam also directed House of Wax, Orphan, and Jungle Cruise. So... Alright, so that's gross. Well, I like those, so... You liked those? Yeah, I mean, I, I like those movies. Yeah. She said okay. what she said. For everybody who doesn't remember Orphan, Mariah or Sean is like, Sean, do you know what Orphan is? Oh, I know. She was an old crazy lady that pretended to be an orphan. Wayne Johnson can do anything, and I'm like all about it. Like, that's how I feel about him. So, what I hear is. We, so now we've done the problematic episode on Joss Whedon. Now we need to do a problematic episode about Dwayne uh, Ross Johnson one for Mariah. Mariah is not going to have it. And then he just made another tweet saying he didn't know. I, I know. I think he knew, but we're, but he didn't take it back. All he said was, "I didn't know." Thanks for telling me. Just quiet. He said, "Oh, I didn't know he was racist." Thanks for bringing that up. Problematic thing. And then he did the eyebrow thing. All right, so we so we're closing it out. We are closing out for this episode. Um, closing remarks. What are you loving, uh, Denise? Let's start with you. I'm loving Peacemaker. I don't. There's not not anything in particular. I'm just loving the way it's going. I'm just here for the ride, like I said. I'm just along, following it. I don't have any prediction predictions. I'm just here in the moment, enjoying everything that I'm seeing. It's a great show. I love it so far. And I really, really, really hope he is taking this opportunity to make that cow just a big, fat, nasty alien that's just literally just pumping out this fluid just nonstop all day. I know that that the look on your face, Shauna. That's what I want to see next week. So he's a he's a horror movie aficionado. He loves horror movies. So I really feel like this alien yeah. is going to be just nasty. And I must say, if you've seen Slither. You know he's capable. Yes, that is. I don't want to hear. He can get gross. That's my only yeah. hope. Is just this alien is just 
like I can't look at it. So, yeah. David? Okay, so, uh, really looking forward to Peacemaker 7 and 8. Um, I know I said it last time, February 22nd, uh, Destiny 2 Witch Queen expansion drops. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I think like two weeks after that, the world's first raid comes out. So I'm really hyped for that. All right, Mariah, before my AirPods die. <laughs> no comment. On nothing? You're not happy about anything? Look at the, you can't make that face with an eagle <laughs> sitting beside you. <laughs> the Olympics, you got something? Go. <laughs> Black History Month? You got the, you, you're sporting the goods. They're just too many season ones that I'm waiting for to expand into a season two. Okay. That I, I'm just, I'm just trying to find something to watch. I mean, give me some suggestions. I really, I'm just like, Murderville. I, I mean, Peacemaker is the only thing I'm looking forward to because we're talking about it. Like, I, I watched Murderville already. You watched all of it already? Yeah, I already Go watched watch it. Oh, it's shit. It's Go watch Mythic Quest is good. Yeah. So uh, good. I watched the first episode. I couldn't get into it. Do so it. Just do it. It's worth it. Have you seen I, or Righteous I Gemstones? Have you watched Righteous Gemstones yet? I'll need to watch the maybe last Sunday's episode. Okay. You're all caught up on that too? Yeah. Jeez. Just just keep going with Mythic Quest. It is such a great I want more Ted Lasso. Like I'm just waiting for a thing. There's so many shows I'm just waiting for the drop. Did you watch the um animated Harley Quinn? Go watch Animated what? Harley Quinn. Go watch it. There you go. Yeah, please watch that. that. Watch yes. that. Yeah. that please watch that. And or party down. They're doing a revival. The there's they're adding a listers to the cast. It's gonna look great. Um, party down's great too. Party down's um, very good. Is Nathan Fillion in that too? I think I watched that at some point. What? Is Nathan Fillion in Party Down also? I don't think uh, he is. I, I think it's another white guy that I'm mistaken for Nathan Fillion. Adam Scott, maybe. Oh, I did yep. watch Party Down. Yeah. Well, then watch yeah, Har- then watch yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Watch, go watch Harley Quinn yes. for sure. HBO Max, you got it's it. It's perfect. Um, all right. So before my AirPods die, I am trying to get back into Breath of the Wild. Um, on Switch, I am so rusty. I picked it up the other day. Um, sitting in a parking lot waiting for my vet. And uh, God, I'm so rusty, but I'm so so excited about anything Breath of the Wild two coming down the pike that I just need to get up on my skills so that when that drops, I am ready to crush it. Uh, and um, Mariah, do you want to drop our show socials before we uh, end the podcast? Yes. So please make sure that you follow us on everything. So we got it all. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Subcri- su- su- subscribe to our YouTube channel. The, the drink hitting her right now. Uh, <laughs> spirit. Spirits are hitting Yeah. The Spirit of Nerds, it's everywhere. It's on everything. So follow us. We got some good stuff coming out for you. All right. And uh, yeah, and follow us and tell us what you want us to cover if uh, you have yeah. some strong feelings, because betcha by golly wow, we are going to have some strong feelings about it too. And uh, thanks thanks for tuning in for episode two. Nice. Right. See, see ya. See y'all.